Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Point Blake, episode number 15. I'm Chantel Chand, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Remember, if you like the content that we're putting out, if you're enjoying it, if you're talking about it with your friends, or if you just want to support the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll also see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us on YouTube, IG, and Twitter. And we just appreciate you checking out our show. So Akeem, before we get into everything, you know, how was your weekend? And also, what do we have on deck for the show today? Uh, you know, the weekend wasn't too bad. You know, it's 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 a week before Christmas, right? Isn't there a movie or a song that sounds that's something like that? A week before? Yes. I don't is it, I don't know. I, well, I don't there's the all I want person. for Christmas. You, you're Mariah Carey. You're song person. You're supposed to know this. Oh, you know what? We'll tell everyone our favorite Christmas songs at the end oh, of the show. Geez. You uh, you always gotta put me on the spot for things that I'm gonna fail at. Because I don't have one, but uh, actually I do. I'll take that back. Um, but yeah, weekend wasn't too bad, Chantel. I, I I can't complain. You know, just trying to focus a little bit more on the resting side of things with all that the year has brought in many different ways. How how was your weekend? Uh, the weekend uh, was just a regular weekend, man, taking it pretty easy before the holidays, of course. And, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to everyone that's tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful time with your families and friends. And it's a festive time of year. So, you know, it's exciting. Did you guys put a tree up in your home? Yes, there is a tree up. Um, you know, my siblings are about the tree. You know, if it was up to me, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd hold off a little later. But uh, first and foremost, again, as, as Chantel said, thank you, each of you, for tuning in and listening and watching the show. And shout out to everybody that left some love on the videos yes. this week, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, keep keep commenting in there. You know what I'm saying? We, go, we really enjoy the conversation, the dialogue that we are able to have. So this week, Chantel, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit of boxing, obviously, right? We're going to be talking <laughs> about the NFL. Um, we're going to be talking about the Olympics because there's a lot of things happening across the globe, something that we're still dealing with, but it's coming back in different forms. So we're going to get into that. Then we got to get into the NBA. Um, a lot has been happening in this past two weeks. Kyrie Irving coming back to play, which is one of them. And Anthony Davis went down again. So that's another thing that we have to get into. And then we are going to finish it out with some tips um, to how to reduce stress during this time. But Chantel, I actually want to get into um, something that is coming up very quickly after the new year. I mean, the, the 2022 Winter Olympics starts in February, but with the COVID-19, um, how do I say it? Omicorn? Omni? I, I'm just calling it Amarion. <laughs> the Amarion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's causing a lot of stress. It's spreading a lot. And I think I want to ask you from the outside looking in, uh, me being involved in the sport, I can give a different perspective, but what do you think happens to the Olympics? Do you see them like stopping it? Right. And then not to mention you're also involved with lacrosse, right? Do you see like, what is the situation going on with there? Do you see this disrupting possible gameplay for uh, sports to come? Well, when it comes to the Olympics, the one focus that I want to talk about, is obviously the NHL players, going to go play for their countries and already the third of the NHL has been put on pause, right? 
Uh, the NHL has until I believe January 10th to opt out of the Olympics. Mm. There was even issues right now. Cross-border games have been put on hold as well. So we're trending backwards to the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that's important, right? Whether they end up having 50% of the fans in the stands or no fans in the stands, because we've seen that happen, of course, in Quebec and Montreal, right? So it's interesting to see how things are trending. However, for the NHL, if you think about it, I mean, there's teams that have been totally wiped out right now because of COVID. So I don't actually think the NHL should send the athletes, to be quite honest with you. I think it's a little bit too dangerous. I think we have to actually think about their athletes and their families. I mean, sure, I'm sure some of, some of them definitely want to go and play for their countries. I understand that. But is it safe? You know, do you want to spend five weeks in Beijing? Like, what do they actually have to go through? Is it going to be safe for them? And that's my concern is, you know, if sending our athletes, is going to be the safest thing possible. Now, when it comes to people that are participating in the Olympics on their own, when they're like a solo athlete, Akeem, I'd love to ask you, because of course, you know, you are an Olympic medalist. You've been through this, you've trained for this and, you know, Olympic athletes, they put their whole entire lives into training. They, that's their focus. You know, so if you're an athlete, do you still want to go to Beijing with everything going on? Of course, they're going. <laughs> yeah. no, I, don't, I don't mean to sound that so so quickly or anything. But as you said, to a lot of these athletes, this is possibly might be their either their first Olympics, maybe their second or perhaps their 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 last one. And I think the committee, the Winter Olympic Committee, probably reached out to some to the to the summer committee and tried to see. What did you guys do different? How was everything here, right? From the people who I know that were still competing at the Summer Olympics, man, they said the travel was ridiculous, right? Because you have to travel there, but then once you get there, you have to spend five, six, sometimes seven hours at the airport going through all of these testing, and you have to wait till every single person finishes their testing to be able to move forward. Then you get to the village and you got to go through more testing there. Right. So I think that they are going to go on when you think about the individual sports. Right. You know, you think about um, uh, bobsled. Well, bobsled, I guess, is a team, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but the luge athletes. Right. And all of these different singular things. I don't see them not going because I think even though this is a severe um, situation, man, you didn't put all this work in to not go and to at least go and risk and to just see what could happen, right? Because a lot of these athletes winning an Olympic medal could possibly change their life. It's not, it's different in the NHL, right? Where generally those guys are millionaires, right? So it's not really swaying them regardless if they go, yes, they want to compete for their country. I'm absolutely sure. But their life isn't really going to be impacted in the way that, you know, a luge athlete would if they want a medal, what that situation would like to be. So I think from a singular sport aspect type of view, especially amateur sport, I think that they are going. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they do go just because they train their whole lives for this moment. I just hope that they're safe when they go and the protocols are nice and, you know, tight for them because it's a little bit scary with this spreading like wildfire to be completely honest but point blank would love to know if you think the athletes should still be competing in the olympics you can hit us up on twitter ig or drop some comments in our youtube section chantelle you know it's funny right when we're talking about uh when we're making our picks in the nfl right you know talking about who's going to the super bowl you know, we both had uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in there, but then the situation, it has some rough times, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of said, man, they ain't go, 
they're not going back to that ship, right? They're not going back there. But then they won seven straight games in a row. And now they're right back into contention, right? Should we be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs a lot more, Chantel? Should we be actually be taking them a lot more serious and <laughs> and jump back on the bandwagon? <laughs> I'm never jumping on their bandwagon. But I do want to say that it is very impressive that they won seven in a row. And I think we are kind of talking about them. The thing is, we've been talking about them this whole time because it's been the biggest surprise the way that they kind of started the year, right? They didn't look like the Kansas City Chiefs of the past. I think they still need to figure out their rush game. I believe they only had 86 yards this past, you know, week against the Chargers. They also gave up more than 400 yards to the Chargers as well. So defensively, there's still some issues, but they're not at the bottom of the league anymore. They were at the bottom of the league. They've gotten better defensively. So that is something interesting to see. Also, they're still one of the best offensive teams in the league. I believe they're like third in the league in yards. So they're a scary team. When you look at the AFC, there's not one clear-cut winner, right? There's not one team where I'm like, they're going to win it all and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs do have a Patrick Mahomes who's won an MVP, you know, we know that he can win a Super Bowl, pair him up with Andy Reid. And then you look at this Chiefs offense, you know, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, like they're a dangerous squad. And I don't think anyone actually wants to play them in the playoffs because they are a scary team. But should we be talking about them more? Hell yeah, we should. But should we think that they're going to win it all? I still think their defense is a little bit sus. And as you know, the playoffs, the postseason, it's a total different other season and things are different. But I just don't know at this point who's going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a playoff game because the Bills have been up and down. You know, is Lamar Jackson going to be healthy for the Ravens? If he is, I would actually take the Ravens, to be quite honest with you. Um, just because I believe this would be the year for, you know, Lamar Jackson to take him there, but is he going to be healthy and the chargers? I really don't believe in the chargers to be quite honest with you. I think Justin Herbert still has a lot to learn as a young quarterback. You know, Patrick Mahomes has the experience of playing in a super bowl and winning it. And then you look at, you know, the AFC North and this to me is the most interesting division in football right now. You know, you got the Cincinnati Bengals who do look at defensively at times. I know they have a young quarterback in Joe Burrow, but they look like they could be a sleeper to cause some damage, right? The Browns, are they going to make it? Because we know they have a good defense, you know, and they were actually slated to win that division. What's going on there? The Steelers are now in the hunt to possibly, you know, make the postseason. It's wild right now. And then you have the Ravens. Like this division has been so fun to watch. Um, You know, and the question goes back to, should we be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs? I think we've been talking about them this whole time. I'm not actually surprised that they got it together, but I still don't believe in their defense. What about you, Akeem? Do you think we should be talking about the Chiefs more? And are you back and strapped onto that bandwagon? (laughs) (laughs) You say strapped. You know, yeah, you put it on your seatbelt. Like, yeah, we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know about that. I've, I've never really been too big on the Chiefs from the get-go, even though I think that they are a talented squad. Um, I think in the playoffs, right, you're going to need to be able to run the football. And they don't really do the best job of that anymore as they did the previous times. Um, but I will say the defense is playing much better because, well, apart from, apart from the game with the Chargers, prior to their seven-game win streak, you know, they didn't really allow more than 20 points per game, right? And I think when you're playing a a Kansas City Chiefs team offense who was starting to catch their rhythm, starting to catch their flow, starting to catch their confidence, right? I think Tyreek and Kelsey, I mean, 
Kelsey had what 180, 190 something yards, and Tyreek had 100, over 100 yards as well too. When you have that on your roster, when you have, when you see those numbers, and you see how quickly they can score points, you start to think, man, maybe maybe they can do it. But it's always different in the playoffs when you can't run the football and when you're playing from behind. But they are dangerous because if they are even in the fourth quarter, maybe they're down by three points. Maybe, they, maybe they're losing by seven points. This is a team that can score 21 points in like three minutes if they really want to. Well, body yeah. got to get the ball back. But, you know, so I think that they are a scary team to play, as you said, especially in that fourth quarter, because you never know how quickly that they can respond. Um, do I think it's going to be enough for them to get there? I don't know. You know, uh, sh- stranger things have happened. Um, I'm not sold on the Bills either. I think they're, they'll, 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 they'll do Bill things. And you know what I mean by that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, like, just like how I said before, you know, Raiders do Raider things right now. Hey man, it's been a tumultuous year, but go ahead. It's been a tumultuous year, but, you know, teams do team things if you look at the history of <laughs> what they do. They so, have three Super Bowls, but I'll, I'll let you go. Who are Raiders? Yeah. When was the last you don't one? Know that? It, was in the, it was in the late 70s. So... With that being I'm just said, saying, they saw Super Bowls. That the, the you can't take away history. You can't take away history. I have a, I have a, I have a, a good friend of mine named Cody, uh, Cody Ehrman, who is Broncos through and through, and he will never, ever, ever, and I mean ever, let us live the fact that down that the Broncos won back-to-back titles. Now the Broncos are never. Okay, I'm not going to say never not going to come close to that again for quite some time. I don't think if ever, but he never lets us lives it down. But this is 2021, Chantel. We can't think about the past. We can't talk about the past right now. So um, should we be on the bandwagon? I don't know. I'm not, but I do think that nobody really wants to play them when it's crunch time because of what they can do. But Point Blank would love to know, do you, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to find their way back in the finals again? Let us no, let's go over to the NBA, Chantel, because there was a big situation, right, about Kyrie Irving, right? He was taking the stand, and then the Nets said, you know what? Look, if you aren't going to come on board with the whole team, then you can't play. Well, he's cleared to play. Well, I wouldn't say cleared to play, but they're letting him come back. But then now he's in COVID protocol, right? But Chantel, what is, what, what is your thoughts on this Kyrie Irving situation? Um, do you think this hampers them because yes right they a lot of these teams are have their best players um in protocol right now so a lot of teams are going down but do you think this helps them win gives them a better shot or you think it causes some type of friction right because here's the way that i see it and i want to get your thoughts on it say Kyrie, kd came to play with Kyrie, right james harding came to play with the both of them right you look at the playoffs last year, if it wasn't for the injury, I think that the Nets still, that they would have beat the Bucs and they would have been in the finals. But yeah. you see a little bit of the start of the season of how James Harden was playing. He wasn't, I'm not talking about his necessary play of not being able to score, but his mannerisms when it came to like small things like loose balls and his energy. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Do you think Kyrie coming back causes friction because he can only play away games? not home games. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? 
Man, to be quite honest with you, I'm, I think the Nets are going to be pretty happy that they got Kyrie back. Now, there might be some friction just because he's only going to be able to play the away games. But the fact that you got, you know, one of the top 10 point guards in the league coming back, like that can only help your game. And so even though the fact that he's only going to be playing some games and maybe there's some people in the locker room that might not be happy about it. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure KD and James Harden are going to be happy that Kyrie Irving is back and it makes them just so much better. Now, what's going to happen near the end of the season? Is it all going to work? I'm not quite sure because with this thing, you know, this new COVID virus that has come out, you know, the Omicron, we don't actually know what's going to happen. You know, are we going to have a full season? Is the NBA going to be put on pause? Kyrie comes back and he gets put into protocols like it just seems like a big mess right now. And until the league can figure out what they actually want to do, there's so many questions up in the air. But I don't think it hinders the Nets. I think it actually makes them better. And it gives them a lot more depth because, as you know, a lot of players are going into safety protocols. And that's one of the main reasons why they bought Kyrie back, right? Because they needed more players on the squad. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think having Kyrie Irving back, only playing the away games, it only makes them so much better. And if it stays this way and they go into the playoffs and he's only playing the away games. Well, guess what? At least they'll have the experience of playing with him only on those away games. So they can figure out how they want their lineups to be, how they want their rotation to be and just go from there. So I actually think it helps out the nets and I'm excited to see Kyrie back. I can't wait to see him play. What about you, Akeem? I think it temporarily helps. I don't know about long-term yet, right? Because, you know, it's hard to build that camaraderie sometimes, right? Because then you start to see, yes, star players get special privileges, absolutely. But what if, you know, someone comes, I was really surprised by how well the, the, the Brooks, or the, the Brooklyn Nets team was playing um, as a whole, like all their young guys, right? I was like, man, wait a minute. I was like, man, you just got a whole bunch of talent on this squad, but they were playing with so much more energy and so much more will to win. Obviously, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to secure a contract and get more playing time. But what if one of them is playing really well, right? Points, rebounds, effort, consistency, right? And then, you know, Kyrie comes back and immediately that player who was getting that 25 minutes a game, they don't, they play maybe two or three minutes now and Kyrie takes over. Then they go home and that player gets 20, 25 minutes. And then away game, it's like, wait a minute. So now you only shuffle me in because he's here when I've been here putting in the work, putting in all of this, all of this grind and this consistency. And I'm showing up every day. I'm doing as I'm told. You said do this and I'm doing that. Man, I've been in these rooms, right? So I understand what that's like, right? So I can see this causing friction in the playoffs, maybe not short-term because you really don't have much of a choice because they don't have enough bodies right now to really play. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I think honestly, you know, watching Kyrie play is like watching art, you know, he's, 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 he plays a beautiful game. Right. So, but I think temporarily it's a smart fix, but I think long-term it could cause some issues, even if they don't say it right. Body language and mannerisms speak a lot on the court when you necessarily don't physically have to use your voice, but point blank would love to know your thoughts. Hit us up on YouTube, hit us up in the comments, or you can tweet us at the point blank pod and message us on Instagram or comment on Instagram at the point blank posh and tell the other day I was watching the Los Angeles Lakers. And um, I forgot what, what we were talking about, but I said, man, AD is down. And you yeah. said, 
he's hurt. Like, what do you mean? I said, Chantel, he was hurt the first time, sprained his ankle. He went back then he came back and got hurt again. And then news came out that he had an MCL sprain. Man, I watched the Lakers game the other day. What does this mean for the Los Angeles Lakers without Anthony Davis? Well, obviously they're missing a big piece, right? One of the cornerstone pieces to win them an NBA championship. But now AD, when he's healthy, he's a top five player in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. Is he a little bit soft? Yeah, he is. But at the end of the day, you know, despite the fact that he falls all, all over the place, all over the court, AD is such an important piece to this team. I mean, he's a big man that can step outside and hit that three consistently, right? He's good defensively. He brings them so much. I was watching the game with the Lakers and the Bulls the other night. And I was like, you know what? The Lakers are staying up in here, but the fact that they didn't have AD, they didn't have an important piece on the team. And that's the thing about the Lakers. If you think about it, have they been completely healthy this whole entire year? Their bench hasn't even been healthy, you know? And we talked about the depth on this team. We talked about how the Lakers need scorers. And Anthony Davis has to be better. And it makes me wonder because he has struggled a bit as of late if he was injured this whole entire time. Right. And then he just aggravated something and then aggravated it more. And now he has this MCL sprain because he wasn't having the same type of impact in those games. There were some games where, you know, he would have single digit points like AD is a guy that can get you 30 and 15. Like he's a guy that can go off every night. So the fact that the Lakers don't have him, it's a problem. But if the Lakers can stay above 500 without him, I think that's a W. And I do think that they'll be able to, you know, get some wings. They still got Russ. They still got LeBron. And you know what? I think it's just about the chemistry of it all. How far, how long are they going to be without AD? They're saying about like four weeks. That's yeah. a long time. But because of everything that's going on with COVID, will there be a pause that will help this out? Will there be a small pause, even if it's for a week or two weeks? Because right now it's out of hand. You know, every morning I wake up, and I look at my fantasy team and someone, <laughs> someone's out. Like I, you know, I'm getting Sham's like notifications, his tweets. And I'm like, well, this person's out, this person's out every morning. So it's going to be interesting to see if there is a pause, it could actually help out Anthony Davis and the Lakers. And that's the only thing I'm going to say, but without him, if they can stay above 500 and still win games, I think they're going to, they're in a good spot because they play in a tough conference, of course. What about you, Akeem? What's your thoughts? And do you think the Lakers are in trouble without him? Isn't there usually like a pause like after the Christmas games? Like there's just like a like three or four days on? No, they just oh man. No, they got a Christmas Eve off and then they get right back to it on uh, Canadian Boxing Day. But yes. Well, I don't think that I don't think that the pause is going to come. I think if anything, they go back to how they did the bubble before. You know, I think I think Ooh. the NBA handled everything really well. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do next. But if anybody, but if any professional league can pull it off it'll be the nba in what they have to do next um you know anthony davis man i really like the guy you know i would i would draft him um eight times out of ten right eight times out of ten because he's just that talented you know i think with him being out they don't really have a post that can score like he can and take over a game like he can. I have noticed that, you know, in the games when he was playing before, a lot of times, you know, uh, they would win the tip off. Braun would get it. Braun would throw it underneath his legs to Russ. And then, you know, they would go, Braun run off a screen or they would hand it to AD, but they were looking for AD because you have to feed him the ball, right? The, 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 the team, 
a bunch of their offense, I really think, and I'm sure Frank Vogel is doing this, um, is moving the ball through AD because once you get him going, it opens up the floor for other things. So it is going, they're going to miss him quite a bit. Four weeks is a long time. That's a lot of games. That could go well, or it could go like how it's going. If it's going like how it's going, then the Lakers are not going to be 500 when he gets back. I think as they have LeBron and they have Westbrook, I think that they will be okay. But I don't know if when AD comes back, if LeBron will be good to go because now LeBron's going to have to play more minutes. You know what I'm saying? Russ, Russ can play 40, 50 minutes because that's just how he's wired. The man cardio is ridiculous. But I think that means that LeBron has to work a lot harder now. And I don't necessarily think that he wants to do that, but he doesn't have a choice. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, I do think when LeBron was suspended for a little bit there for that game, um, you know, when when he had the injury and he took and he had to take time off, that actually helped him. Because when you are at a when you're at a level of eliteness, it's not about doing much. It's about doing enough getting enough rest because your body is like clockwork. It'll know what to do, but the more rest will come with it. So we'll see what happens. Point blank would love to know, do you think that the Los Angeles Lakers, when Anthony Davis come back, will be above 500 or below 500? Ooh, Let us know. That's a good one. Let us know in the comments. Um, you spoke about Christmas Day, Chantel. Uh, usually, honestly, I don't think any other sport puts on a Christmas Day package like the NBA, right? So there's a couple of games. And I want you to break down what is the game that you're looking forward to the most. So we got the Hawks and the Knicks, right? I know you, I know you know. You I'm going to get up for that one. I'm going to be up for that one. Every time the Knicks play on Christmas Day, got to watch that. Celtics and Bucks, Warriors and Suns. I think that might be the one. But Nets and Lakers, Mavs and Jazz, which one are you excited for the most? Well, to be quite honest with you, if everyone was healthy, I'd be excited for the Lakers and the Nets. It's so funny on my fantasy like group chat, somebody sent a picture of like the Lakers um, with, uh, you know, Wayne Ellington and then Patty Mills with the Spurs, like Christmas Day matchup because all the guys are out because of COVID. Right. So yeah. that's why it's like actually kind of funny. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to the Warriors and the Suns because I think that's going to be, you know, possibly the Western Conference Finals. Um, and we've seen them play this year and we've seen some great games between them. You know, what are we going to get from Steph? I don't know. I think it's going to be a crazy game. I got the Warriors winning that one. Um, and you know what? I actually think the Jazz and Mavs is going to be good. Mm. I think that that one's going to be a low key, a really, really good game because they're they're kind of evenly matched. And I think a lot of people are still sleeping on the Jazz, but the Jazz are kind of a scary team, just like LeBron said a few years ago. You know, everyone forgets about the Jazz. Like nobody picks them in 2K <laughs> or when you're a kid, like NBA Jam or NBA Live or something like that. Nobody ever picked uh, Utah, right? And it's so true. Um, but I yeah. think that's a game that's interesting. Will everyone be healthy to play though? Because even for, you know, the Knicks and the Hawks, like Trey Young's out right now, right? There's a lot of guys on the Knicks that are out. RJ Barrett, Derek Rose, like those guys are out. So it makes the Christmas Day games not as hype as it should be. Like you said, the NBA does it the best, right? They put on that Christmas package. Other leagues sit out like the NHL doesn't do a damn thing on NBA Christmas Day, you know? NFL might have a game or two. Yeah, because they're going to school them, right? There's no, there's no reason for the NHL to put anything on during NBA Christmas games, and they don't. So good on them for knowing that. But um, I would probably say the Warriors and the Suns, and my sleeper would be Utah and the Mavs. If 
if Trey Young was healthy and the Knicks were healthy, I would have obviously said the Hawks and the Knicks because that was just a great playoff playoff matchup, right? And it's in MSG, I believe. So that would be that would be pretty crazy. But those games, I think, are going to be great. I hope we get to see the Stars play. But are they going to even cancel the NBA Christmas Day games? I doubt it because there's so much money in you know the ads and the advertisements and everything like that. So that's my pick. What about yours, Akeem? Yeah, I think they've been they've been planning this out for the past year, right? So uh, and and they know, right? Sponsors know, people know, organizations know that you know on Christmas Day you're going to be in the house, right? There's a lot, of, especially in the daytime. Maybe in the nighttime you got some activities you got to go through, right? But during the daytime you can be watching whatever is on TV. And um, so it, I think it's, I don't think it's going to get canceled. Um, As far as excitement for the game, I can't say that I'm really fully excited for any of them because of all everyone that's missing, right? It kind of takes away that spark a little bit. It kind of takes away that man excitement and that head to head between a Kevin Durant and LeBron James and, and James Harden. And so you get to see all of the teams, but you don't get to see all of the pieces so if I had to pick definitely the Warriors and Suns, because I think that's going to be a great matchup, Devin Booker came back and mm-hmm. played well, right? So I think that that for me would be the one uh, that I would watch the most. You know, it's funny when you were talking about the Jazz, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait a minute, that is so true, right? Like, I've never, even when they had Carmelone and John Stockton, I was never. like, still not going to pick the Jazz. And, and they're a good team. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, like, they're a good team. Right. So maybe we got to put some more respect on the jazz because I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of Donovan Mitchell, man. I think, I think he's definitely. And Mike Connolly too. I love Mike Connolly, like underrated point guard. Um, They also got Jordan Clarkson. Um, They got some good guys on the team. They, they got some depth, but point blank would love to know what Christmas game are you most excited for? Boxing Chantel, man. Let's get to it. Oh man. A lot of things have happened this weekend. And one of the things that we got to talk about is um, I'm actually, <laughs> I feel a little ways that you're actually going to make me talk about it. And that is the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley um, rematch. Chantel, you know, what, what, what were your thoughts on this novelty boxing? Oh my goodness. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers, but I got to give them some love and some props on how they get the bag because they definitely get the bag and I cannot hate on that. They're very smart in that sense. And just to see them win that way, I think that's dope. Um, do I like their antics and everything that they do? Hell no. Um, but was that a nasty knockout for it was he put Tyron Woodley to bed and you know what? I just, I think it's a bad look for Tyron Woodley, but he's trying to get the bag as well. See, that's the thing. Everyone's talking about, oh my God, Tyron Woodley got knocked out. He got put to sleep. It's a bad look for him, but I think he's just doing it for the bag. He's just trying to get paid at this point. And well, he got the bag. I thought his mom was a little bit too happy after the fight, um, all up in the pictures. (laughs) And I'm like, your son just got knocked out, but I think they got a big bag. So they were good. And I mean, if that's what Tyron Woodley wants, and I mean, cool for him but I do think Jake Paul has a right hand um that's the only thing I'm gonna say I think he does have a right hand now am I gonna pay for their like pay-per-views and be like oh my god Jake Paul's fighting tonight probably not but you know what I got I gotta give him props for the way that he gets his money so that's the only thing I'm gonna say about it uh nasty knockout though that knockout was vicious um 
what about you, Akeem? What were your thoughts? I'm just upset that 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 you're making us talk about this. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Look, how can we not? Everyone's talking about it. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean we got to talk about it. But here, I'll say this. Um, I agree with what you said. You know, I, I regardless of what I think and whatever that they do, I can't knock the fact that those cats can sell out shows, right? Because Floyd said this, right? He said, uh, people are going to pay to see me lose or they're going to pay to see me win, but either way, they're going to pay, right? And they, the Paul brothers, they do a great job at marketing and they do a great job at selling out shows. I will say that much. Um, when it comes to the actual boxing of it, man, um, look, the man can box a little bit. I'm not taking that away from him, right? But when you think about who he is fighting, it's very strategic, right? Yeah. Ben Askren, a wrestler. I, 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 if you ever seen this guy fight, a lot of times he's on the ground because he's a natural wrestler, right? Tyron Woodley has now lost six straight fights, right? Going back to uh, when he lost to Kamaru Usman for the title. And man, I, I like Tyron, right? Because I really got into his backstory, right? He's from Ferguson. Man, he grew up around a bunch of different things, right? Some things that 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 I can relate to. And so in this position, I think a lot of these guys are taking this fight with Paul because of the amount of money and the eyes that bring to it, right? You look at Amanda Serrano, who is now, I guess Jake Paul has a has a boxing thing that he's doing. I don't know the full situation, but Amanda Serrano is probably making more financial gains than she has so far. And like, that yeah. is great to see, but come on now, man. Once, come on, once Jake Paul fights a real fighter. Oh, put it this way. Okay. Awesome. Just came to my tell. So here's what a key means is predicting on point blank, right? In about two to three years, right? In about two to three years, my guy, <laughs> Adrian Broner, right? He's going to go and get this money with Conor Ben, you know, bring back the legacy a little bit. Then he's going to fight one more time. Then he's going to retire. Well, yeah. I want to retire on a good note, right? And who can I do light work on and still make a lot of money? Jake Paul. So He's not going to take that fight. Jake Paul's not going to take that fight. That's too risky for him. Adrian Bruno would knock his ass out. Uh, you and I both know that, but yeah. all this win is building up the man's confidence. He going to think he nice, nice like that. No. And Adrian Bruno. I would love say, to see hey, that. Adrian Broder going to say, hey, that's easy work. Hey, AB, if you, if you ever come across this, man, just know, hey, I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you. But Chantel, let's get away from the novelty act and get into the real boxing, Chantel. Last week, we spoke about Arthur Beterbiev versus Marcus Brown, Chantel. What was your thoughts on this fight? Well, you know, we were hyped about this fight because it was, it was for the IBF and the WBC, and we were close in our predictions. Um, we both said the seventh or eighth round. Uh, this happened in the ninth round. You know, Marcus Brown came out, and he was moving really well around the ring. I mean, he was getting busy. I gave the first couple of rounds to him because I'm an unofficial scorecard keeper. So um, I gave him the first couple of rounds, but I feel like as Marcus Brown, was winning those first two rounds. I feel like better be, I've figured him out. Right. So he started landing those heavy power jabs, throwing nasty power combos, and you could hear the sound of the punches. Like that's why this fight was even more entertaining. Cause you could 
hear the power from watching this at home. And then, you know, that head clash caused, you know, both Brown and Better Biev to have cuts, but Better Biev had the nasty one right in the middle of his forehead and it just turned into a bloodbath. Like it was just a bloody fight. He was covered in blood. And I actually think him seeing that blood and getting that cut kind of made him level up a bit. I do want to add though, that he, you know, his uh, cut man, his corner, they were trash. Cause they didn't, they, they, they didn't fix that up. Like I've seen some nasty cuts. Like for example, I think it was like the Tyson Fury cut um, before he actually ended up fight, fighting Wilder for the third time. Tyson Fury had like this nasty gash um, and they, they were able to clean it up and it was nastier than better be have, but um, you know, but yeah, we got like another, a better cut. Well, man. That's all I'm going to say. One of his one of his uh team team guys weren't there, they said though. Maybe that was the cup man that did Yeah, I, I think so. Cause it was just like the blood though made the fight even more interesting, right? Um, and then you could kind of see better BF kind of turn it up, right? And you could tell by um Brown's breathing that I think he was getting a little bit gassed, right? Because you could just you could hear his breathing. If you actually watch the fight, Brown was breathing pretty hard. Better be of, you know, landed that left hook to the body, right hand dropped Brown in the seventh round. And to be honest, I think that kind of sent Brown into survival mode after that. Right. And then better be of just got to work. And, you know, you knew that knockout was coming. It came in the ninth round. That uppercut was way too much. Fight got stopped and, you know, better be of wins. My question to you, Akeem, other than the thoughts on the fight, you know, who do you want to see him fight next? Yeah. You know, uh, I think, man, I was, <laughs> you know, and like when you saw the fight and I knew we were going to talk about it on the show and I was just like, man, what round did I say he was going to be knocked out again in? Because I was so in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I know I said ninth round, but when I went back and watched, I said seventh. I was like, dang, but we both knew it was about to be a knockout. You know, Chantel, you said something about him being tired. I think it was after the fourth round because I saw it too. And I said, yeah. it's only a matter of time now, but I think he was so tired because of the pressure that better BF was putting on him every single round, even though he didn't win the first three rounds in my books. Cause he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the aggressor. He didn't really throw his, let his hands go, but the pressure, the constant moving that Marcus Brown had to do every single time. Cause better BF, honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen a fighter come forward every single round, every second and that, I think, wore on him. But as you said, the gash, when he got the head clash and the, ga- and the blood started to come, it was kind of like a bull seeing red, right? Because I, heard his, because I heard his corner man said, man, you got to go. But to be honest, Chantel, when I saw the, uh, the blood coming down his face, I was just like, man, what if they call this fight? You, yeah, yeah. He, he would have lost, because he didn't do anything the first couple of rounds. He was still feeling him out. So I said, man. And I heard the official said, okay, we're going to give it one more round. I'm like, oh, crap. But then you could see the flip change. And I think because he saw the blood, right, like his, 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 uh, his instincts intensified. And he started to come forward but let his hands go a lot more. And some of the shots that he was getting caught with, I was like, man, it's really only a matter of time. Because even though Brown was covering up his face, the liver was open, the ribs was open and yeah. all of these things, right? So um, I wasn't surprised at the outcome. I knew it was going to come. And man, Brown was tired. He was boxing really well at the beginning too. But I don't know what his cardio and his condition was like because he just didn't have it after the fourth round. Now, who does he fight next? 
um, you know, you're you're someone you're very high on, and I'm 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 high on him too. Um, uh, Mr. Andre Ward said uh Arthur Biev looks beatable. And you know, I think every fighter is beatable, right? I don't think nobody is this fighter that cannot be touched. Um, but I like the fact that this was a different type of adversity for him. I don't even know if he could see very well. <laughs> Cause it was yeah. just like I thought the ref was in the fight. I'm like, yo, the ref, yo, is this a three versus three type? Like, what is this about? Because yeah. the ref shirt was bloody too. You know what, Chantel? Um, obviously, we would all love to see Arthur, Arthur better be at versus Canelo Alvarez. But that's not going to happen right away. But I would love to see him against Bivol, right? Because I don't think better be has much more left. As you mentioned before last week, he is turning 37. Yeah. If he fights Canelo, Canelo is smart. We could see that fight, but better BF could be 40, 41, because Canelo's going to make him wait a little bit. So that is what I think I, I, I want to see next, him and Bibble, but we'll see what happens. Who do you want to see him against next? I actually want to see him against Joe Smith because Joe Smith has a WBO World Lightweight Heavyweight title. He's set to take on Callum Johnson in January, and I think he, Joe Smith's going to win that fight, right? And I think that would make for a great fight because then you got three belts on the line. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm kind of hoping for him and Joe Smith. I actually think it would be a huge fight to make, um, and it would be must-watch television. Also, you know, just going back to the fight, um, Brown was winning those early rounds, but if you really look like Better BF was cutting off the ring. Yes. Right. So when you saw you were just like, okay, like he's, he's getting those rounds, but better BF is like mentally figuring this all out. So, you know, it was bound to happen that he was going to get the knockout. I really hope that we get to see Joe Smith and better BF in a boxing match, three belts on the line. I think that would be must watch television. So we'll see what happens. Point blank wants to know who you think better BF should fight next. Do you think we get to see him fight Canelo before he turns 40? Let us know. Drop some comments in our YouTube section. Also hit us up on Twitter and IG. Chantel, before we close out the episode, man, as we said, this is the last episode before uh, Christmas comes, right? And Christmas can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. Some people don't celebrate Christmas, um, but it can also be a stressful time, right? And stress is one thing that... um, it's very easy to come by and hard to shed at times as well, too. So for our listeners listening today, you know, we want to give some tips how to maybe help you reduce your stress during this time. Um, what are some tips that you would share with our audience today, Chantel? Well, you know what? Stress is something that I think everybody deals with, and it's okay to talk about it as well. If you're stressed out about something, I think even having an outlet where you can get that out, you know, sometimes I think writing like just jotting down your thoughts on a piece of paper kind of helps and breathing. I really started doing some breathing exercises this past year. That's really helped me calm down and, you know, kind of alleviate those stress levels. Sometimes you just got to get away from everything. If things are stressing you out, take five minutes to yourself and just do some breathing exercises. Sometimes that helps. I know Christmas is not always the happiest time for everyone. It's also a very stressful time for parents. I know parents, they want to get everything, you know, for their kids and they want to make Christmas perfect, but sometimes, you know, they just don't have that opportunity. And, um, you know, you got to really feel for those parents that are trying to make everything perfect for their kids. I don't know how, you know, moms do it, but moms always figure out a way to make everything perfect and get everything for their kids. So um, I think just taking time away for yourself, even if it's like two minutes, 
and just going away and like doing some breathing exercises, meditating. Also, just do something for yourself that makes you happy. If it's watching TV, going to the gym, I know there's, you know, some new protocols that are coming into effect where you might not be able to go to the gym. Maybe go for a walk, uh, listen to some music, do something that makes you happy. Going on your walk. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you hit us up, uh, you know, on the podcast as well. We're available on uh, like Google, Apple, and also Spotify. So we'll be there with you if you want to take that walk and listen to Point Blank. But yeah, do something for yourself that helps you alleviate the stress. Sometimes for me, like just watching TV, watching a game at home, not doing anything alleviates my stress and it makes me happy. What about you, Akeem? What are some tips that you'd like to share? Man, you know, I just want to talk about uh, real quick this, 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 this holiday season. You know, um, it's very stressful in many different ways. And, you know, speaking from someone who, you know, I know what it's like to, 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 to not get anything for Christmas as a kid growing up, right? It's, it's not a good feeling, right? You go back to school and everybody's talking about, man, man, we just got this, we just got that. And, you know, I couldn't involve in those conversations. And because I have to deal with that early, I realized that most things, especially holiday seasons, is about perspective right? When you see material things, it's temporary happiness. But when you think about the holiday season, especially Christmas time, where it's so heavily revered and and, and involved in so many different ways, man, it's about being around good people, right? Like your people, right? So it's not about what you can give physically. Yes, it's nice, but it's really about spending time and just being able to really slow down a little bit, right? There's so many things that happen throughout the year and we forget to slow down. Yeah, the pandemic has made us do that, but things change. And even when we are slowing down, the mind is still wondering, right? And so the mind is racing and you're not really as calm as you think. So I think during this time, it's very important to just do your best to try to slow down and try to not think as much. And this is coming from a person who thinks 24 seven, so I get it right? But try to think about, man, what great things do I have this year? Yeah, the year, you do not get through any type of year without any loss or any setbacks or something happening. But when you take time to really sit and think about all of the things that God has put into your life, man, you can kind of find some time to relax, right? So when you think about stress, just put it into perspective. You know, I was reminded today, Chantel, um, as I was in my personal studies, doing my readings, Um, And I was in the word of the scripture that came to mind. Um, It's Habakkuk 1 verse 5, where it says, look at the nations and watch in utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. So as tough as it may be, man, it's not about getting all the gifts that you wanted or all of those things. It's just about being in the presence of those that want you around. There's a lot of people that we hang around that we wouldn't really hang around. And if we truly could read their thoughts, probably wouldn't want us around. But the people that we are around, we cannot take that for granted. So perspective throughout this holiday season is what I encourage all of you, including myself, to really focus on. And that's perspective. Um, Chantel, before we close out, you said earlier um, about a holiday song. I, uh, I'm actually going to go first on this one. Favorite holiday okay, song? Okay. It's Boys to Men. Um, let it snow 
Okay, first of all, it's, it's, it's my song. You can't just jump into my song oh, and tell I, my I song. I got excited. I love Voice to Men. <laughs> I love Voice to Men. After this, we'll see our favorite Voice to Men track, but please go on. Voice to Men, Let It Snow is mine. Chantel, what is yours? <laughs> Sorry, I got so excited there. Mine's TLC Sleigh Ride. I love that song. I don't know why they don't play it enough. You know, they never play it on the holiday stations. They always leave TLC Slay right out, but that's my favorite. Well, that's because Mariah Carey has got such a banger that how can you miss that one? I do love Mariah. Okay, now your favorite Boys to Men song, just because we have to now. Now I'm curious. Oh, man. You know, every time that I'm put on a spot with questions like this, my choice always makes me forget what it is. Um... I know the Boys to Men, so I just cannot remember it right now. Name the most popular one. Oh, there's so many. Mine is Four Seasons of Loneliness, the saddest song That's of all. Definitely not. I love that. that. <laughs> I was thinking, what? They have so many. That song is so good. Have you? Do you remember Four Seasons of Loneliness? I love that song. Okay, by the way, point blank viewers, let us know your favorite Boys <laughs> to Men song. Let us know your favorite Christmas song and uh, drop some more good Boys to Men songs so Akeem can, you know, you know, revamp his, uh, I don't know. It's not coming to me. It's not coming to me. It's not coming to me. But so many good ones. Yes, 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 they do. But Point Blank would love to know if you have a favorite Christmas theme song, maybe you have a favorite Christmas movie, we would love to know which one it is. And you can do that on YouTube, of course, on Twitter, The Point Blank Pod, Instagram at The Point Blank Pod. Chantel, um, as we close this out, I really want to wish our listeners a Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Enjoy the season with the family. And thank you, each of you, for tuning into the show and giving us a moment of your time, right? We don't take it for granted. Um, we hope that this show has brought you more than just entertainment, but a wholesome feeling as if you're right there sitting on the couch with us. But I also want to add uh, that we often forget to do so. If you could do us a huge favor, head to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review of the show. And as of two days ago, you can now leave a rating on Spotify. So please do that for us. Chantel, why don't you close us out? Give us, give us, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. Oh my right? God, I, I can't. Holiday season. They say laughter makes the heart fond. I don't know if they say that, but I just just made that up right now. But you got a joke for us, Chantel? No, I never have a joke, but ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And with that being said, I'm (laughs) Dave. I'm Chantel Chan. And this is Point Blank. And we'll see you next time.